a guru, you know, is someone who removes darkness. The guru is not necessarily the person. It's the experience where light is reflected back into one's own being and the shadows are dispersed just like that because there's nowhere for the ego to hide. There's no shadow needed. Mm. It's just illuminated with consciousness. And so all the issues or the challenges that might arise will be held in that light. My role is to hold space for you so that you can recognize your own power of awareness and the safety of this space is giving you permission to get tender with yourself again, to get vulnerable enough to allow whatever needs to move to move. So if that's, you know, a moment of uh, emotional you know, vulnerability, like tears might flow or whatever, like my role is to hold space for that in myself, on my own mat at home, so that when I come here, I'm ready, I'm prepared, you know, I'm ready for anything, basically, that's my role. Welcome to Curious Ones Podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, the host of the podcast, a yoga and meditation teacher and philosophy lover. Each week you will hear eye-opening interviews with the different teachers of the Andara Yoga Institute located in beautiful Baja, Mexico, along with other teachers that pass through here. This life-changing knowledge shared through authentic, heartfelt communication will help you live a happier, more fulfilled, and connected life. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Curious Ones Podcast by Andara. I'm Yael Ginsberg, and I have the wonderful Christopher Perkins with me again today. <laughs> Number seven. So when you become a yoga teacher, you go through a beautiful training it's very long, comprehensive. You learn about many different aspects of the yoga practice, different ways to be a teacher. Um, you also improve your practice as a student and as a practitioner of yoga. It's, uh, uh, for those who don't know, it's a 200 hour, the first training that you do. So 200 hours, it's a, a lot of learning that you do at Yandara specifically. You also go through a very, um, deep emotional process that is facilitated by the trained teachers who, who are here. And it happens in a safe environment with a group that you're spending, uh, three or four weeks with. And that's part of the training. But what I have found is that there is another aspect to being a yoga teacher that isn't really discussed in yoga teacher trainings in general, because it isn't necessarily what being a yoga teacher means, but it kind of is an expectation that your students have from you. And that is kind of, in a way, becoming a space holder, a supporter, and some might even confuse that with like being a therapist in a way. Mm -hmm. They come to you for advice, um, they share, they feel very open and vulnerable with you, probably because of the space that is created within a yoga class. And that's beautiful and incredible. And, and I personally feel lucky to be able to be in that sort of position. Mm -hmm. And yet 
over the years, I felt that I didn't have the right tools to be there with people in such a vulnerable space. And when you take this position as a space holder, I find that it's a huge responsibility. And I ended up uh, coming, well, I was here and I participated in the um, life coach training and that gave me a lot of tools. But I thought today we could do like a masterclass or like a mini masterclass about how can we safely and respectfully be there for our students beyond the scope of a, like a yoga class or a traditional yoga class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such an important topic, you know, and as there are many hundreds of yoga teachers, thousands of yoga teachers going out into the world every day to hold space, I think it's essential that we get to touch on this today because, you know, my teachers, for example, they were only allowed, you might say, to be a teacher once they've been studying with their guru for 10, 15, 20 years. Mm. So only in the last uh, maybe 20, 25 years has this concept of a 200-hour yoga teacher training Mm. come into existence. Really? This is a very, very short period of time to expect that someone will be trained to the depth that you might expect, you know, the yoga guru... (laughs) Yeah. To be, which a guru, you know, is someone who removes darkness. The guru is not necessarily the person. It's the experience where light is reflected back into one's own being and the shadows are dispersed just like that because there's nowhere for the ego to hide. There's no shadow needed. Mm. It's just illuminated with consciousness. And so all the issues or the challenges that might arise will be held in that light. And they'll naturally, like when light shines um, on the earth, butter melts and flowers blossom and the water warms and the ice melts and there's you know so many things that are happening because of the light of consciousness but for us to be out there in the world with this new model is very new compared to the you know five whatever thousand years of tradition of yoga uh, that we have somehow in our society, ag- agreed that 200 hours is sufficient. Mm. I I subscribe to the idea for sure that when we know more than someone else, we are in a position to share. Yeah. Okay. I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't teach from a 200-hour training. Absolutely. Uh, having said that, the position that you're talking about, which is when you become a teacher to the student rather than just teaching asana. Mm. So teaching asana classes where you share postures, you share a sequence, perhaps some philosophy that's general. That's your teaching yoga, but to actually have a student is very it's a very different thing. Mm. You're taking on the responsibility of holding them in their process individually. And that is something that traditionally has only, you know, been <laughs> requested of 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 a guru, you know, someone who's been sitting for many years with their guru, you know. <laughs> so what we're doing is asking quite a lot of these young, you know, I want to say uh, movement teachers, young asana teachers, to all of a sudden become a guru, you know, a space holder of light of consciousness for the individual students. So this is a big ask, and I really appreciate you bringing it up because it's not something that's talked about enough. 
partly because of the expectation that, well, after 200 hours, which the world seems to agree on, you should be able to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, at least uh, Yoga Alliance. Yoga Alliance, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then everyone just takes it as law and this is the, mm-hmm. how, the, you know. Now, there are certain lineages like Iyengar tradition uh, among, you know, some of the others that do not necessarily agree and they don't subscribe to Yoga Alliance's um, proposition that 200 hours is enough. Um, but I think everyone has to choose at what point they want to share. And I think you should start sharing as soon as you can, as soon as you have something to share. But being honest, first of all, number one, student comes to you. Let's just start with the scenario. Yeah, let's start. You're sitting there, you <laughs> taught an amazing class. Everyone's flowing and they go into Shavasana. You're sitting there watching your, you know, your work play through those <laughs> beautiful students, you know, that you've... Of course. <laughs> yeah. The magic is happening. The postures have done their duty of softening their minds, their hearts, their bodies are all receptive. And they come back up out of Shavasana and they have an epiphany. Maybe a tear starts flowing. Maybe they recognize that they've played a role in a relationship that wasn't as healthy as they thought or something like this, you know. So they're going to, of course, look to you (laughs) as the one to help them make sense of it. You know, how do I integrate this? And they may have come to the class with a question and it maybe didn't get answered during the asana class many different reasons that they might come up to get guidance. Um, But regardless, our role as a yoga teacher is to reflect light of awareness, meaning they look to us to be reminded of their own nature. Mm -hmm. They look to us to be shown what it means to show up. Oh, oh, that person's showing up. That means I can show up for myself. I actually had a conversation with uh, Tara and Alira who Mm -hmm. were, are working here at Yandarha. And uh, we were kind of contemplating like the question, what's the difference between religion and spirituality? Mm -hmm. We were talking about it. And then Tara said something really amazing. And she said that I, she thinks, or she brought up the point that the difference is that in religion, there is like a God and there is something outside of you that is giving you the answers that you need to worship and that you need to, to turn to in order to get your like rules of life. Mm. And the the difference in spirituality and especially in, in yoga is that it's not about anything outside of yourself, but it's about turning back into yourself and getting everything that you need or finding that everything that you need is already there. Mm, beautiful yeah i thought that was really brilliant yeah absolutely and you know when we are that yoga teacher we are it it is our responsibility to continue in that tradition of reflecting so to give clear parameters around what your responsibility is as a yoga teacher is number one if they come to you and they say you know i'm having x y and z um can you help? So number one that you should lay out is that, you know, my role as a yoga teacher is to guide your internal process back into your center, you know, so you can, or guide you back to your internal process with tools for sure, but mostly simply unconditional awareness, awareness of the process, because that's really uh, all that's required is awareness because we don't know how, emotionist process. We don't need to know actually what's happening in our chemical makeup. We don't have to know uh, necessarily all the answers in the same way that we don't, you know, the farmer doesn't know how the corn 
pushes its little corn cob out, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not up to us, but the farmer's job is to make sure that the container, the environment is appropriate for that magic to occur yeah. for the science or the magic, or whatever you want to call the manifestation to arise out of its own intelligence in the same way that we are designed through our own evolution and our genetic codes to naturally blossom for consciousness to evolve. Mm. So for us to show up with the light of awareness is like putting uh, the, the nourishment on the roots of the, of the plant, you know, making sure it has enough light. So us being uh, tender enough to feel the emotion, whatever it is, and us bringing the light of awareness to that process. Those are the main ingredients mm -hmm. for that individual's uh, journey usually to become easier. Can you repeat that? Yeah. So as a space holder, as a yoga teacher, if you consider, so my job is to reflect your own power of light, which is your awareness and of nourishment, which is the kind of emotional, because the compost, you know, the, mm -hmm. the tenderness, the vulnerability, the willingness to let the ego die into its own um, evolution, to its own transformation. Mm -hmm. And that's what composting is. It's like transmutation of emotion is letting it become this rich, fertile presence of, of receptivity, really, mm. of, of I'm ready for what's next. And that comes through tears. Sometimes it comes through, you know, whatever process we might need. Yeah. So as a teacher, first and foremost, my role is to reflect that, to, to embody that, that I'm willing and ready to feel what I'm feeling. And I'm really open to observing it without judgment. I'm present. You as the teacher or you yeah. as the, okay. Me as a teacher. If I'm, You're ready to feel what they're feeling or what? Well, what, I'm ready to feel what I'm feeling. Mm. It may be affected by what they, it may be affected because yeah. it's, a, you know, everything affects us in some way. But what I mean is for me to model that, for me to say, mm. I'm here in my own awareness. I'm here in my own body. I'm here willing to feel, to be present. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I have to take on an unrealistic credential or an, an, a false credential, which is that they want me to be a psychotherapist or they want me to be a life coach or they want me to be um, some kind of physiotherapist or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So first. All three are expected. Once, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing is me as a space holder, I have to be clear with my intention, what my role is. My role is to hold space for you so that you can recognize your own power of awareness and the safety of this space is giving you permission to get tender with yourself again, to get vulnerable enough to allow whatever needs to move to move. So if that's, you know, a moment of uh, emotional you know, vulnerability, like tears might flow or whatever, like my role is to hold space for that in myself on my own mat at home mm. so that when I come here, I'm ready. I'm prepared. You know, I'm ready for anything. Basically, that's my role. My job is to be prepared for anything. Wow. And I think that's uh, like worth reiterating because it's really not about acting <laughs> in unconscious ways when you're off like your yoga teacher duties and then expecting yeah. to be that enlightened teacher when you're in the yoga studio. Absolutely. It's really about first doing the work yeah. yourself and living it. And then you can only be that for somebody else or model that. Absolutely. That's mm. super important. Yeah. And, and 
when we're confident in our own capacity to hold experience without pushing or judging or trying to fix, we can offer that same energy to someone else's process. So we can help flavor the moment with, okay, this is what you're experiencing. I'm not a doctor. Um, if it's a physical or a psychological thing, then so number two, so number one, I have to let you know what my role is, my credentials. I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. I am this, I'm a yoga teacher. And that, that means that I'm here to reflect your own power of awareness mm. to help you experience it within yourself. Yoga means connection. Union with one's own experience mm. allows us to expand beyond that, to know that we are one with everything, but first internally. So number two, I'm going to give these little numbers. Great. I like steps, clear yeah. steps. Yeah. Number one is to be clear what my credentials are and what they aren't. Mm. Um, number two is to make sure that you have um, perhaps checked with someone that maybe does have the credentials. For example, if someone comes up after class and they say, I have this condition, I'll use a physical condition for example um they come up and they say i have um degenerative disc disease in my back and um what do i do with that because you know i should be doing yoga right (laughs) yeah but i keep feeling this pain in my back and da 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 so number two is to make sure they have support to say okay have you spoken to a physiotherapist have you gotten a doctor's okay to even do yoga through whatever studies that might be required to make sure that you're not causing more damage because yoga is a broad umbrella Mm -hmm. you know when someone says you should do yoga they might just mean chanting a mantra Mm -hmm. (laughs) they literally might mean doing a little bit of breath work yeah they don't exactly you know it depends on who they're speaking with but yoga is not just doing the physical posture of asana so um, i believe yoga is something that can help everyone if they are interested but not all yogas are appropriate for each person (laughs) that's why there's so many different kinds yeah so there's going to be a nice balance or a nice fit for everybody Mm -hmm. if they're interested so once you have for me the knowledge that they are in a safe place like they they are okayed by their doctor depending on what condition they're bringing if they come up and they say well someone said i can not be on antidepressants if i do yoga and so yesterday i stopped taking all my antidepressants Mm. that's a pretty big red flag because that is not something that's safe to do without a very you know clear step-by-step Exactly. Process. Like it could be true when done in the right way. Exactly. Exactly. So then that would be important for me, just like the condition of like degenerative disc. Degenerative discs can cause, you know, a lot of issues if you're not careful. So same thing with coming off of some other medication without proper steps. So that's when you'd start to recommend that they have other support, make sure that they have somebody that can talk to about those medically or or alternatively. Mm-hmm. So that way they know that they don't have to put everything on you yeah. for the next steps. And I also think it's very responsible of somebody to say like, that's out of my jurisdiction. Exactly. That's, you just articulated it perfectly. Like that's not in my expertise. I haven't yeah. studied that. Um, I'm not equipped to give you any guidance yeah. in that department. And in fact, for us to continue this 
thing, it's probably more important that you get an okay from your psychologist before we start talking about what's next. Because meditation, for example, isn't necessarily good for someone who's coming off of certain antipsychotics or things like that, if it has to do with like something pretty serious. Yeah. So. And I think that it takes a lot of strength and maturity to admit when you don't know something mm. rather than trying to uphold like kind of an image as the all knowing teacher. Yeah, for sure. The ego yeah, can yeah. get all kinds of stuff from being in that role. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I've noticed a lot of people are drawn to yoga in order to counterbalance some of the suffering that comes along with insecurities, mm-hmm. um, you know, difficult uh, childhood experiences, uh, addiction, things like that. So there will be these little pitfalls for many yoga teachers that will have to be addressed. So along the way, you're mentioning a really important thing is to be responsible to that code, honesty, mm-hmm. so satya, being truthful. Yeah. Um, so let's say we know that they have options based on you know, our response. Uh, then we can get into what we can work with. Okay, so what we can work with is starting to ask questions. Asking them very simple, very um, non-intrusive questions to help them hear their own voice regarding their options. Mm. So first of all, what are the challenges? What is your intention? Like, what have you come up against like why are you talking to me kind of thing like what brought you to this moment where you feel like you have to talk to me Mm -hmm. and then they're going to bring an issue well i don't know what to do with my dot 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 um i'm just really scared because i feel so good when i'm in class but as soon as i go home dot 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 or you know what are some of the things that you've heard some people bring anything yes um Things about work. Mm. Um, let's take that example. Um, okay. Like challenges with work, uh, being very stressed at work. Uh, I'll yeah. give an example of somebody specific. Uh, like the people that I work with, I don't really vibe with. I'm very stressed. I have a lot yeah. of responsibility. I totally. have a lot of... Um, pressure on me. I support a family. Perfect. Yeah. So for them to feel heard, number one, doesn't require you to have a solution. That's very important that they're going to share something. And a lot of times, like you mentioned, the ego is going to want to come in. It's called a humkar. A humkar is the part of our ego that's specific to taking credit. And it, and it tries to create situations where it can build up, pot, you know, a pot of gold. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get a nickel for every time I had the right answer and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so the first thing is, is just to acknowledge for me is, okay, yeah, that sounds, that sounds really challenging. I can see how that would be challenging. And that's not enough to make sure that they're heard, to make sure that you can uh, obviously be specific. Like, yeah, that must be really hard to have a boss just repeating that that situation is something that you understand. You can hear it to have a boss or to have colleagues that you're not vibing with is something that makes a stressful situation. Mm. So yeah, it's understandable, for example. So to be really simple, you can just ask basic questions like how long has it been going on for? Oh, da, 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 year. So this is not necessarily that you need that information. 
because you're not going to have a solution. It's not up to you to have a solution. You're getting them to elicit a picture in their own mind mm. of how serious the situation really is. That is brilliant. You're getting them to elicit a picture in their own mind. Yes. Because it's so true. When you're in the problem, it seems like everything might be messy and like mm -hmm. you might even be so zoomed into something specific that you miss the whole picture. Right. right. So getting them to kind of like verbalize and, and create an image. Right. Flesh out the, mm. the whole scenario so they can see it from exactly mm. like, like a picture. You see it. You can yeah. see the whole thing. Interesting. And what that does is it starts to create motivation inside of them to actually look for the next step. So mm -hmm. once you have them really see, wow, this has been going on for this long. And Before we go on to that, what would be more questions that you would ask? Um, how does it, how often do you notice it during, like how often does it happen? Mm -hmm. So if it's been going on for two years, okay. But how often do you actually notice it happening? Oh, every day? Okay, wow. And how many times a day would you say it's kind of occupying your mind? Things like that. So you're really starting to get a picture of how substantial it is. And if they say, oh, oh, it just happened yesterday for the first time. You know, and actually I haven't thought about it much since then. Then it's like, okay, let's move on. Okay. But what if, but what if it's, it's much every day? Exactly. Yeah. So it's been, yeah, pretty much every day for the last, um, year I've been feeling this for most of the day because I have to work side by side with them and they're always da, 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 da. So this is when it starts getting really interesting because obviously this is a situation that they are choosing to be in. Would you ask like, Questions about how it makes them feel and how does it, exactly. how stressful does it make them, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So what do you actually feel when you're in that situation? Mm -hmm. um, this can start to open up another layer of potential for interaction. So you can go much deeper if you start asking them about their feelings and about what the emotion is that's brought up. Um, for me, I've done a lot of counseling and a lot of like you know, training for coaching and um, communication trainings with NVC and Satya practice of sharing the experience of sensation and linking it with stories and kind of gaining perspective so that we can do some inner child meditation that's really healthy. Um, it's all part of the, the process for me. I see it as a potential for them to ask, okay, well, how does that make you feel? Like what is actually going on there? If they say, oh, I feel really like silly. I feel silly for letting them say these things about me without standing up for myself. And I'm like, okay. And so what's beneath that? Like if you feel silly. The like, famous Christopher question. What's, yeah, what's, <laughs> so what's beneath that? Yeah. Because it'll have many layers. <laughs> so this is one direction. You can definitely go there. But if you don't feel cap capable or interested or that you have time, oh, that's another thing is making sure that there's an appropriate time frame. Mm. For you, if you don't feel like you have time, before we ever get into this, mm. it's important to set a parameter that they yeah. know what to expect. So mm. if they don't know that you're going to shut them, like cut them off in 10 minutes, then you're setting them up to feel something else, which you don't want to be yeah. responsible for. So if you say, um, I'm here for, uh, for, I'll be here for about 10 minutes after class. Um, and then I have to go, then they know, okay, I have about, you know, this much time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have a time frame set. And then if, if you check in with them and you say, Hey, um, you know, in order for us to go deeper into this, um, I'd like to take a little bit more time. I only have about 10 minutes right now. Um, is this something you want to talk about? And if they can say, 
oh yeah, yeah, I'm good. You know, and just let me know. Mm. Then they're set up for success and they'll know that if you say, okay, we just have a, you know, I have to get going now, mm-hmm. then you're good. You've created safety in, in container for that. So safety in the container is super important. There's yeah. clear understanding what to expect. Or you say, um, let's, you know, let's connect by, you know, another means. Uh, I do have coaching sessions and we can talk about this another time, or I can send you to my friend who actually does counseling, um, blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. options like that. So say we're continuing and we want to keep it pretty, um, like reflective rather than counseling, like just to keep it on their side, mm-hmm. meaning we don't, I'm not going to pull apart what they're saying too much. We can just simply say, okay, so with your practices, so they say, oh, it's been happening for quite a while. You know what, before you continue, I want you to, I want yes. to ask you, how do we determine how much can we be there for that person? Like what is our qualification mm. to be there for that person? Because I find that there, yeah. the hand is like, for lack of a better term, maybe the hand is easy on the trigger to call ourselves qualified yeah. when actually it's a very delicate space to enter in with somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a coach. Now that's a really, really important point to know at what point I feel like I'm out of my depth. Mm-hmm. So how do you determine whether you're capable to you know, go into this conversation or not? That's, If you're feeling your body, if you're present and in your center, it will, for me, is generally pretty clear. I'm pretty like, okay, I can handle this at this point. I feel good. Just keep in mind that we're not talking about people with like 30 years of experience sure, like sure. you. We're yeah. talking about somebody who just finished the 200 hour. Right. They're going out there in the world. People are coming up to them yeah. saying, how do I do this and that? I'm quickly interrupting the episode to extend an invitation. If you are interested in deepening into any of the subjects we talk about on the podcast, we offer many different experiences on our beautiful grounds here in Baja, Mexico. From nine-day modules such as sound healing and yoga nidra, to breath and meditation, as well as two or 300-hour yoga teacher trainings, and many different shorter retreats. Check out our website, yandara.com, to see all the information about the different experiences. Let's get back to the episode. I would probably recommend the model of just simply reminding them that, you know, it's okay to have these feelings. It's natural and and normal to feel that way. Just honor what they're feeling, saying, yes, it's going to, you know, it's going to be normal to have that in that situation. It makes sense. And then we can skip forward rather than me asking them about the emotional experiences and what they felt and sort of peeling back the layers of what's beneath that, I can go right to the next step is, so, uh, you know, what are your options? You know, do you have any options in that situation? Mm. Just to get them, you know, they don't have to have any great deep process in front of you. You can just say, you know, are there any options in that situation? Given that we've flushed a little bit out, how big this, this is going on for months. Like, do you have any options? Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that you have options. I'm just wondering, do you have any options? You know, what are your potential 
choices in that situation. Mm -hmm. And then they'll start to, hmm, well, I guess I hadn't thought about it, but um, I guess I could look for another job. And what if the answer is like, no, I have to stay in this situation. I, in this situation that I'm thinking about, like he's an independent contractor working with another independent contractor to under like an organization that they both yeah. work for. Like they're both there. Okay. Then that's I, the, his income, that's like his whole family relies on it. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's not an option to change mm -mm. job careers. Well, he doesn't see that as an option. Of course there, it is an option, but it's not. Actually, he wants to. He's in contractors. and He is. He wants to change careers sure. and he's in the process of figuring that out. Okay. But for the time being, he's there. Okay. So then let's stick with the practices so that he can be, show up better for himself in that situation. So it can be a more specific question. Like, um, what are your options for showing up um, in a more balanced way? Like, what are the techniques that have worked for you to help you center, to help you feel more connected? Because yoga is about connection. If I'm connected, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I can mm -hmm. respond. I can respond absolutely effectively if I'm in my own feeling center and my mind is clear the idea is that no matter what comes I receive it as nature you know everything's playing through the perfection everything's happening in according to law of cause and effect so these are philosophies that I can bring to the table and say you know in yoga in yogic study we practice ways to connect with ourselves so that we can respond in a more balanced and responsible way mm -hmm. and that would be something that would apply to any situation that is brought to you exactly yeah mm -hmm. so there's no requirements on the situation there's just an option for myself to take a little more time so what can you do what options do you have to show up with a little bit more sense of yourself intact regardless of how long it lasts just a little bit right now we're talking about baby steps you can't quit your job you know you only have this many hours of the day all we can do is apply a little bit of effort in just the right place to make sure that we are moving in a direction of wholeness, well-being, whatever you want to call it. So asking that specific question can be very helpful. What are your options to show up in a better way for that situation? What can you do before you meet that situation to be better prepared? Mm. So, um, you know, it could be. What are your challenges? Like, what are you, what are you missing in that situation? Like, what do you think you need to work with that person or to make it a more healthy environment for yourself? You know, like what's missing? You can ask things like that. Like, is there something that's not there in place? Mm -hmm. They can say, oh, actually, yeah, they don't have an ethics code in my, you know, like no one's actually paying attention to using derogatory slang words mm -hmm. in my workforce. And so, yeah, I guess an option would be for me to write a complaint to the whatever over the umbrella company or whatever that's managing the situation that they, that they actually are responsible for the work environment. So, you know, something like that, that could be some, mm -hmm. so what are the options? And this question could be applied also for like, if somebody's coming about a relationship problem, they're having mm -hmm. a fight with a friend, uh, unclear, yeah um, life path. Like it could be relevant to many different situations. Yeah, exactly. Because they're, what they're probably going to be bringing, uh, often is fear of making a wrong decision or responding to something in a way that they're going to regret or feel bad mm -hmm. about later. 
um, because of the past, because of how it's worked out in the past. They have this sort of, I don't want that to happen again. <laughs> I don't want mm. it to continue that way. So we focus on what particularly can, what actions I can take, not what they can take, but what actions can I take to support myself to show up in a better way, in a more holistic and balanced, centered perspective because everything changes if my mentality and my emotional centers are intact i'm just going to make better decisions i'm just going to be better equipped to respond mm -hmm. for example if it's what what was the uh, actual detail of how they're being treated or what was going on they didn't vibe or something there is somebody that he works with that really stresses him out ah uh, okay so stress Hmm. Very deep stress. Right. I sh so it's tough because for me, I would ask, when did this, you know, when did, when's the first time you felt like someone was causing you stress? You know, because obviously you called the person into your life for a reason. You're an adult. So your central nervous system is trying to find ways to heal. Mm -hmm. It's looking for any opportunity to bring the unprocessed beliefs to the forefront so we can investigate. Is this still true mm -hmm. that I should have to stay in situations that I don't necessarily want to be in? Yeah. I think I, I, but that's, I know that's not where we're going with th this. That's a, an advanced exactly. layer of, of therapy uh, absolutely. that, that would be the right way to go. I Ultimately, think, for sure. yes, I think maybe just as like, um, leading kind of guidance here, we can understand that we can direct the, the view of the person internally rather than the external situation. Exactly. Yeah. That's the whole point. The whole point is to reflect that our internal world is where the magic happens. Yeah. So as you know, when we make the, con the concerted effort to almost like a stubbornness, like it's not about them anymore. Mm. That's yoga for right now. I'm going to connect with myself because I'm the one that's holding all this stress. And if I get angry about the situation, it's like lighting myself on fire and hoping that the other person gets annoyed by my smoke. Mm -hmm. That's not going to end up well. You know, I've used this analogy so many times because people hear it. Like, why would I want to be lighting myself on fire every day and expecting someone else to get annoyed by the smoke? Like that doesn't make mm -hmm. any sense. So if I can address the condition that I'm in with loving awareness, with breath techniques, with physical embodiment practices, because the, the, the sensations of dis-ease are calls home. There are ways to get our attention back into the space of presence. So if we're feeling uncomfortable, if we can orient ourselves towards it rather than away from it, then we start to heed the call. We start to actually respond to that need, which is manifesting in a sensation or an emotion or a negative thought loop or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So all of it is help. Our nervous system is so wise. It knows to make us feel awkward when something's missing, when, when there's a gap between our consciousness and our experience. 
So bridge the gap, mind the gap, whatever you got to do, return home. So, okay, amazing. So that was, I think, um, interesting insight as keeping in mind that we're here in a masterclass to give tools, to equip teachers to be there Mm -hmm. with their students in a way that is um, helpful. So Christopher, so... Yeah, before I, before you <laughs> yeah. continue, so what I wanted um, what I want to add on to that is that in order for grounding, in order for reintegration of consciousness, body mind to occur, uh, we can look to any of the numerous breath and physical practices and meditation practices that we've been given through yoga practice, through yoga training. Mm-hmm. So to say, which techniques have helped you? As a teacher, I'm asking you, like, which techniques have helped you? You're asking me as if I was a student? Yeah. No, no, no. As if you're a teacher. Oh. Mm. Uh, which techniques? Meditation. Okay. Any particular one that you've enjoyed or has felt any particular one that has been effective for you? Breath meditation. Okay. Perfect. So what you can do now as a teacher to that student is to say, I've noticed that breath meditation has really helped me to bring my consciousness into balance, to bring my awareness back into my body, to make sure that I'm honoring the call. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by using the sort of the breadth of your training in that moment to reflect your own success, to say, yeah. this has really worked for me. These practices have worked. Yeah. I want to back up a little bit to what yeah. you just said before that, because I think that keeping keeping in mind that this is a masterclass and that we're here to give the tools that we, that teachers need in order to be there for students. I think you mentioned a very important subject that is the core of being Mm. there for another person without having to give advice or without having to be their therapist and kind of dig deep into their psyche. It's, it's about, first of all, mentioning that any experience that shows up in our life it has come to teach us and ultimately make us look inwards instead of um, indulging in external uh, suffering yeah. and uh, ego play and all of mm-hmm. that. And in a way empowering the student to be able to look at the experience, at the uncomfortableness of whatever is going on. And, you know, just the fact of going outside of blaming the other person for the situation and learning to find some sort of gratitude for it, and some sort of realization that whatever has happened has happened for my good and for my evolution. Mm -hmm. That is something that a a good teacher, I I would say, is able to point out for the student. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant. And that concept, just so people understand, does not mean that we need to agree or condone or sponsor behaviors you know when we say oh it's been that experience whatever they did 
has helped me to grow. That is not to condone a certain type of behavior. It's not to say, oh, let them keep doing that to me or that, you know, we should try to get people to do something or let people continue patterns. Um, That is not what we're talking about. When we say, for example, I'm learning because of that experience, the learning may well be that I realize that I can say, hey, um, actually, it's really uh, uncomfortable when you talk to me that way. And it makes me feel like I can't trust you. That's what I've learned. I've learned to express my truth. Mm. I noticed that when you, um, when you tell me what I've done wrong before taking a look at what I've done as, you know, appropriately or correctly, I actually stop appreciating what you're saying. And it's really hard because I want to learn, but I don't feel respected. So yeah. that's what I've learned today is maybe to be able to speak my truth. It doesn't mean I'm making demands on them. I'm not saying you should, you know, you should speak to me a certain way or you shouldn't do this. I'm saying when you speak to me that way, I notice that I start to feel resistant. Yeah. And they can do with that information what they want. Exactly. I just mean that this is an example of how we can learn from every single event without meaning that it's correct or good what they're doing or that we need to take responsibility for what happened because we needed to learn from it or something like that right exactly yeah it's not about blame it's not about making right or wrong it's just about acknowledging the opportunity that we can choose to be a student in life Mm. and that is when everything starts to brighten up yeah rather than start to you know other things blame games and all that so yeah or um like victimhood and all of that exactly Okay, so you mentioned also offering up different techniques that have been helpful helpful mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful thing that we can do. So again, sharing uh, things that have helped you along the way is not telling them what they should be doing. Exactly, yeah. And you can also um, recommend texts or certain practices or podcast or uh, teacher video like practices. our podcast like our podcast <laughs> exactly you know things where they can gain confidence <laughs> yeah. yeah to go into that place of presence maybe that's not your specialty to do transformational breath work or something maybe you've benefited a lot but you're not a teacher of it mm. so you can say hey check out you know this practice called transformational breath there may be a facilitator in town uh, this weekend I know him and he's great you know like that so you can yeah. give this sort of um you know we are a web of healers you know we're healing ourselves and we're hoping to support others to do the same so if you have someone in mind always bring you know to to mind those ones that have helped you yeah to pay it forward you know like my teacher for example when people ask me um, I want to do vision quest, uh, at this you know level and da, 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 da. And I say, well, my teacher, John Milton, for example, has been an incredible guide along my way. Um, and I also say, I, I also do lead vision quest. If you're interested to, to take one with me, then just let's, you know, yeah. get in touch, but to, to make sure that we honor the highest form of what's offered as best we can, um, that will definitely create safety because then they know that they have options. Wonderful. Yeah. What else can we do in that space? Um, we can release ourselves of responsibility, you know, by uh, reminding them that you know that I'm 
uh, and I'm here for you as a space holder, but I don't uh, have the ability to heal you or fix you, you know, just to say these things, you know, as they continue to go deeper, um, that you're there when you need them as a space holder. And, and that's all you can do right now, you know, yeah. like, and, and um, let's see, what else can you do in that situation? You can always ask if there's anything else before you cut them off. Because what I've noticed is sometimes we go through something and then it's like, oh, we've, we've got somewhere, but okay, now we're done. What do you mean? Like with a session, with a discussion or something like this. If I've been sitting with someone and um, this wave that we've just ridden about getting an aha moment or we've gained some perspective or something like that. Um, if we have time, I always like to hear, is there anything else before we complete our mm, talk? Mm -hmm. Because then it's on them if they didn't say something, you know, if they, if they leave the situation saying, oh, but da, 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 you know, like they can get into their head about um, maybe not having shared something or that they didn't ask something or whatever. So I like to complete the sessions with, is there anything else? Yeah. It's also hasn't been said? gives an opening for something that you might not have asked or. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So just, yeah. Placing it back in their court. That's really what our job is as a teacher is to, as a yoga teacher, at least, is to give them back their power. Mm -hmm. you know, so anything else, boom. Um, and yeah, making making sure that they know that they have options. And if, if, if you can get them to come up with the options, that's even better. That's way more powerful. What are the options? What is your next step? And if you want to leave them with a little kind of a bullet point encapsulation of what you've understood, then you can do that. You can kind of repeat what you've understood mm -hmm. and say, Hey, so I understand you have that, you know, pattern with your workplace. I've heard you say how important it is to shift that. Uh, I also recognize that you do have options. You shared with me this meditation practice that you like, or that I've, you know, shared that meditation practice that you've learned with me. Um, and now I'd love to hear how it goes. I'm here to honor and witness the next stages. Um, so let's check in, you know, so you make a, an opening to make sure that they're, yeah. that they're supported for the next steps. Beautiful. Yeah. Is there something that we shouldn't ask, shouldn't say? Mm. Wow. I mean, this is such a broad topic of ethics, you know, making sure that you're staying within your lane, staying in your lane, basically. Um, as gosh, <laughs> you know, getting into people's personal lives and asking them about personal things. That's very slippery. It can be very, very delicate, uh, information. It can be very personal. Um, if you're not prepared to hold space and to have a client privileged, um, relation type of relationship, um, then, you know, just, everyone's different. Everyone has to choose their own moment of where that edge is that they feel like they can hold that. Um, obviously if it's a, um, any gosh, you know, I'm thinking about different scenarios. One of them is if there is a student teacher, um, thinking about ethics as a, as a male, 
if a female is there in front of me and she's asking me th uh, questions and I'm responding and asking other questions, as soon as it gets into anything that they might get the idea that I'm interested in them, mm -hmm. that can be a very, very dangerous sort of blending of casual versus professional. Yeah. So being watchful of questions that are about their sort of about them Mm -hmm. as a person rather than about the specific situation that they're having a hard time with is important mm. because people take things in very uh, unexpected ways. So, and I, and I've realized that if I um, focus on, if I focus on what they're actually working with rather than trying to fill out the personality of who they are, then I am more able to keep it clear. Mm. because of course we want them to feel special. They are special as everyone is special, but we don't necessarily want them to feel like they've become unique as your student, you know, as a, a special student, as mm -hmm. a, you know, our job as a teacher is also to see everyone equally yeah. to not have a, uh, a situation that arises that makes them feel like they have a unique relationship with you. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, it's going to yeah. be special and it's always special, but it shouldn't necessarily be, I'm using these words special and unique. Maybe they're synonymous, but what, I, what I'm using them as like, they should feel special, you know, like <laughs> in the world, but the relationship shouldn't feel like it's unique mm -hmm. that they have your undivided attention always, or they have a, a, a leg, you know, up on the other students or something or mm -hmm. preferential treatments or anything like that. So, for example, sometimes if there's a student that's waiting afterwards in class to, to speak, um, I'll really try to manage the time so I can make sure that I speak with everyone who's waiting rather than just with the one person who got to speak to me first. Yeah. 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 I also want to ask you about kind of protecting ourselves in this situation and setting boundaries and mm. all of that. Um, mm -hmm. This is something that I was thinking about personally because yeah. let's say you are a yoga teacher and a coach mm -hmm. and then somebody comes with you and you have like two hours after the class that you have nothing planned so you can technically you can sit with them but it's also something that you get paid for mm, sure so where is like how you know where is the line of like just having a conversation with somebody and giving yeah. your knowledge, which I'm always happy to do. And I do many, many times yeah. and all and between like, you know, protecting yourself and offering and realizing that, you know, protecting your energy, protecting your time, protecting your mm -hmm. resources and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you have an abundance of energy until you don't, you know, and that's important for each one of us to recognize where that line is. And um, it's a very, very tricky world to navigate with money, um, with placing all of our financial stability into a service such as yoga, or such as, you know, healing modalities of sharing you know, you just have to trust that in that moment when you feel like I'm extending beyond what I feel is, is abundantly available, 
then you can communicate that in that moment to say, hey, you know, I feel like we're getting into um, a, co a coaching session. <laughs> right near the microphone. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're getting into a coaching session, you know, or something like that. So if I feel like, if I feel like, okay, this is stretching my threshold, you know, it's not really something that's going to feel good afterwards. Um, then that's just a, a matter of sharing your truth and learning how to express, express truths in a way that's um, putting them in, into the power position again to say that they actually have the power. You know, if I say, Hey, um, we need to stop now because this is my therapy practice that we're, um, that's different than, so I'm noticing that, um, I'm not, let's see, how would I express that? I don't usually do this. So I'm trying to like come up with in a hypothetical situation. I would probably say something like, Hey, you know, I actually do this professionally. I, I do coaching and I do, um, reflective modeling of, uh, or something like that for psychology and things like that. And I feel like we're getting into that domain right now. And I was wondering if it's okay if we set up a session, because I'd like to set it up appropriately. Mm -hmm. And they can say, Oh yeah, totally. I'd love that. Or they can say, well, I don't have any money to do that. And they could say, Oh, it's okay. Like, you know, we can just, you know, we can talk about this topic right now, or you can say, you know what, get a job. <laughs> Just joking. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sometimes I have to make, you know, jokes about these things yeah. because money is such a weird thing, you know, like it yeah. really does. It does pose uh, an interesting third ingredient when we're basing our security on a healing modality, which is uh, something that's you know, so sacred. So it's, it's not easy to navigate that. Mm -hmm. um, but I hope that gives you some support to communicate that, you know, we're getting into something that I do professionally. I'd love to have a session. If you're interested to go into this in a, in a nice container, we can set it up. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just for like closing off the conversation, how would yeah. you leave the student with motivation and hope and, energy to solve their problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I love to get them to describe exactly who they are right now, mm. having taken the time to address and understand how they're empowered in the situation. So just asking them, so how do you feel right now, having talked about these things and having brought up some options that they can articulate so clearly, once again, witnessing themselves as a powerful being and not as a victim or as a blame game situation. So they walk away with that kind of resonance in their mind and their heart that, oh, actually I am the one I've been waiting for to figure this out. <laughs> I just hadn't realized mm, it yet. Yeah. So get, get them to rise up. That's, Beautiful. that's the magic. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Anything else you think is important to share? Um, be honest, be present, take care of yourself. When you go into a class, make sure that you're in your most receptive and, and nurtured state so that you can give what you have the best of it to your students. And I, I love the idea of making sure there's time after the class. So it's not rushed. 
So there's yeah. integration time, even if it's five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, something that you can at least usher them, you know, out into their day so you don't just disappear and they're yes. just rolling out, out of Shavasana and the teacher's not holding the space anymore. So <laughs> I completely agree with that. Yeah. 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 I think it's um, an important topic that we've discussed today, and I hope that people can write questions about clarifications. They need real-life situations mm-hmm. are much easier to respond to than sort of general hypotheticals. So yeah. if anybody does have any questions about a particular incident or how to deal with a certain situation, please mention it in the comments and let us know how we can better serve you. Definitely. And I think that it is important to have like teachers um, that you learn from as a teacher Mm -hmm. for when a situation comes up that you don't know how to deal with to get their advice on it. So absolutely. How can people like find you? What would be the best way if somebody wants to speak with you personally? So I'm checking Instagram messages every day, basically. So if you go on to my, it's a Shane Christopher Perkins and just send me a direct message if that's what it's, you know, if that's what's required. And I'm happy to respond like directly. Um, also email is something that you can reach out through. Um, it's interesting because I just got um, a WhatsApp message from a friend who was going through a very similar situation where she was teaching and something came up with one of the people there at the, mm. at the class. <laughs> and um, and so she reached out and we had a discussion about it. And um, I'm happy to hold space for those because, you know, once someone has come through this field for me, I'm a lifetime servant of that student. You know, so as best I can, if I have time, um, I will show up to support you. Incredible. Yeah. Christopher, thank you so, so much. Of course. Of course. It's a pleasure as always. <laughs> thank you. May we all continue <laughs> to be receptive to the divine in each and every one. Amen. Now, after this time to nurture your mind and your spirit, we invite you to take a moment to consider others. A kind wish might come to mind. Know that what we learn becomes more valuable when we apply it and share it with others. So share this episode on Instagram stories, tag Yandara and I, or share with a loved one so that more people can benefit from it. Our hope is that the search will lead you home to who you already are, to what was always there. We'll be back next week with more inspiration, honest conversation, and insight into the energetic world around us. Thank you for listening and watching.